Welcome to The Danger Room, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast focused on helping you to prepare for the opponents you are yet to face. We discuss strategy, tips, tricks, and things you should be considering to level up your gameplay. You can continue the conversation with us on our free Discord, and if you've been enjoying our podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon if you're in a position to do so. Links will be in the show notes. This is a competitive-focused podcast, so bear in mind that our opinions are focused through that lens. Regular members include Jacob, Sploosh, Mike, and Chewy. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Danger Room. I'm Jacob and I'm joined here with Chewy. How you doing, Chewy? How you doing, Jacob, man? Doing all right, man? Uh... Yeah, very well. Had a, had a good Christmas. Get ready to, to take on the new year full, full both barrels. Um, and we have a special guest with us today. We have Dr. Norbert from the, the Online League fame. And he's here going to talk some stuff about Season X. This is very exciting. Uh, titled. How are you doing, Norbert? How's, how's things going? How's I'm doing going? really well. Thank you both for having me on. Uh, it's really exciting to be part of this uh, really great podcast for the MCP community. Well, I think you were actually our very first guest we had on way back in the day, like two and a half years ago, whatever it was. I think it was just me, Dizzard and Sploosh, and then I think you were our very first guest. So it kind of feels like we're, you're coming home again. Yeah, I, I, I still remember that particular podcast. That was really instrumental. And of course, it was during the pandemic days. So it was really nice to be able to get out and communicate about what we were doing with the league back then. And here we are again, talking about it post-pandemic. Mm, okay. Uh, I think probably... A lot of people listening will already know a lot of this. So if you want to spool forward five minutes, guys, then then go for it. But I think it's probably worth just stopping and talking about what is TTS and how do you go about finding a game on TTS, just in case there's people listening who've heard maybe this talk before, but don't really know how to approach doing it. So what is it and how do I go about finding a game online? Okay, um, sure. So TTS is actually shorthand for Tabletop Simulator. Um, it's It's a little program that you can get on Steam. Uh, very uh, cost-effective, uh, and it often is on sale, like for fifty percent off. It was just sale, on sale. You download that, and basically, it's a it's a physics engine that le- kind of helps. Originally, I think it was meant to help um, mimic like board games or card games and and dice games, that sort of thing. But uh, once you've down- bought and downloaded that program, then you just go to the the library and you hunt around for the Marvel Crisis Protocol mod. Um, that's a, a fan created mod, uh, so it doesn't cost anything. And you download that for free into the um, tabletop simulator. And that's all you need to do to, to get started um, to start playing it on, uh, online. I've created a, a YouTube video um, that it's kind of a pinned video on my channel, which is uh, dr underscore Norbert. And that will walk you through all the different ways that you, you need to learn how to actually use the mod, like, you know, what keys to use and how to move models around and things like that. Uh, but really, it is quite, it takes a little while just to um, get yourself set up, but it, it's quite simple and straightforward. And um, once you've done all that, it's pretty much uh, you, you plug and play. You don't have to do anything else further. Yeah. And uh, in terms of like the specs required of a computer, it's pretty low spec, right? Yeah, it's, I don't know the exact numbers, uh, but it is meant to be run on a very low overhead type computer. Um, I think you might even be able to use inboard graphics. I don't think you need a graphics card. Uh, and I heard that it could be run on Chromebooks now too. So um, double check the specs, of course, when you go ahead on Steam and take a look at it. Um, but don't be afraid that computer isn't going to be able to run it because uh, chances are high that it can. As long as you bought it in like the last 10 years or something. <laughs> Uh, awesome. So I've got my computer, I've got it all set up. What, why is it that I would want to sign up for a league rather than just finding games on online? What's, what, what does the league offer to someone? That's a great, great question. And it actually has evolved over time um, because of the pandemic. So initially, the, when it was time for the pandemic, nobody could get out and play for the most part. And so it was like our only outlet to play a game that had just released, you know, and so everybody was kind of keen on trying to play it. Um, but unless you had like a bubble of friends uh, who could play it live, uh, the virtual way was the only way to do it. So um, that kind of has translated a bit in post-pandemic world in that it is now still for that reason, but it is more for perhaps people who um, uh, can't get out to uh, meet with other people because there's no, no meta around them, or that they just want to start playing people from outside their meta to get different types of experiences and play people from all around the world, literally all around the world. 
Uh, and the last reason that you might want to consider it is um, you can try out all kinds of different models before you purchase them to see how they work out and then decide what you want to do in real life or just test things that you don't want to kind of tip your hand with maybe in your local meta before you, you reveal it. You could just test them out on the TTS. So I think it's evolved over time, but still has a very strong following and an important place alongside all the real life events, which I'm also big fans of. Yeah. Mm. Has yeah, it ever evolved, by the way, too? Like compared to where it was to where it is today. Like it's basically a full game. I, I've explained this to a lot of my local players. Like you play on TTS for Marvel Crisis Protocol. It literally feels like almost like a good, like you can just like you just buy the game off a of PSN or something like that. <laughs> you just play Marvel Crisis Protocol like on a you know it's just, it feels like a full game, you know? And oh, totally. uh, that that's one of the biggest selling points for me when I tell people that. They don't believe me and they're like, "Yeah, right." So I go and I'll show them and then they're like, what? You could do this? You could snap the tools and it just sets up the tokens for you and blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You just play. They're like, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it <laughs> is really amazing. Sorry, Jacob. Mm -hmm. No, that's yeah. cool. Like mechanically, I think it's even almost better than a physical game. You don't get the social interaction and the sort of the fun and seeing your opponent's face as you crush their dreams. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but like the mechanics of it and the accuracy is, is almost better than real life. Um, oh, yeah. Handles terrain and stuff, so. I distinctly remember playing our first tournament or first live event, really, um, after mm -hmm. one of the first lockdowns. So mm -hmm. it been a number of months that we were just playing online. And it was really awkward trying to come on the table because, uh, like, ooh, I have to set up all the terrain. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I have to track the, uh, the, the power and stuff now with right. the tokens. It's so weird. <laughs> right. It, it was, it's such, it, you know, you had everything catered to you already with a TTS mod. It's just like coming to actually have to, having to physically do that if you haven't done it for so long. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a pain. I mean, at least for me, like, I was playing TTS once a week, right, with the league and, you know, practice games, all that stuff. Luckily, I had someone that was playing with me like every couple of weeks live. Because this was like when everything was opening up, you know, over here in Wisconsin a little bit. And, um, you know, I never, so I, I had both. I had physical and I was like, okay, I had virtual. So I, when it came to like, when we started opening up live events again, like what, like last year, the year before, um, you know, I was so used to it already. And I would watch my opponent and they're like, I have to do, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm saying it's not TTS. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Let me help you out a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it's, no, nah, but it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I would say um, it takes a little while to get used to the interface, you know, just like anything new that you're learning. Um, and that, and that in, and, you know, the way you interface with the game is going to be a bit different than you do in real life, right? Because you're dealing with a 2D system instead of a 3D system. So mm -hmm. it's a, a slightly different skill set. But after a couple of games, um, it becomes natural and you don't have to worry about it any longer. Mm -hmm. Agreed. So we're about to start season 10, season X. Uh, excellent name, by the way. I, I approve. Um, <laughs> um, I think that maybe something else. Yeah, assume that we know nothing about previous leagues and we're coming to it fresh. What's the kind of the format? What's the idea? How, how does the whole setup work? Right. So um, uh, like you mentioned, Jacob, this is um, going into our fourth year of doing leagues. Can you believe it? Because um, we do wow. three a year. Yeah, isn't that amazing? That is. Um, and this is season 10. Um, what, I, what I first would like to do is actually sell people on the idea, if you don't know about uh, what the TTS League is. I mean, it's essentially a way for us to play people from a huge region, um, from anywhere around the world. And so you get to meet new people. You can make friends that way. You can, like I said, practice new things out. It's really a lovely way to complement what you do live. Um, and, and it really is a complimentary thing. It, it, it's kind of different from what you do live because of the fact that you have such a rich source of different types of players that you couldn't possibly get uh, outside of like a huge, um, like a large American style convention. Would you agree with that, Jacob? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and also you've got a, a huge range there. You've got um, some people who are just sort of taking their first steps into the game and they're using it as a way to kind of okay, this way I can feel confident I'm going to get a game and uh, there, are some, there are some rules people around who we might touch on later who can help out if there's a rules problems. Um, and uh, it goes all the way from people who are just kind of just exploring it for the first time to people who are some of the best players in the world who are trying out some sort of cutting edge um, new ideas and exploring the meta. So it, it, it straddles the whole gamut of uh, players. And there's, there's people who are there because they want to become the best player they can. And there's people who just uh, there just because they want to have fun. 
Yeah, ex exactly. And that's a really good um, point you make because we have, since the beginning, since this thing was started, I got, by the way, I got involved in it um, I, as a player in season two. I, I kind of found out about it in the middle of season one uh, and then started to become a TO for starting with season three. Uh, so I've been with it for a very long time. Okay. And we've always wanted to balance um, the casual players with the competitive players. It was always an idea to be as inclusive as possible. Right. And so if you're a competitive player, we definitely have a system in place that is going to challenge you. But if you're a casual player, I don't hope that doesn't frighten you off because there's definitely uh, mechanisms at the beginning parts of the league that are all meant to be able to have everybody to have some fun, uh, not just the hyper-competitive people. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a Swiss system, right? Which for anyone who's not familiar with Swiss, you're paired up with people who've got the same number of wins as you. So if you lose your first game, you're going to be playing someone else who's lost their first game. And if you've right. lost three in a row, let's say, you're going to be playing somebody else who's lost three in a row. Um, so you very quickly get to play people who are at a similar level to you. And so maybe there's a couple of games at the beginning where you feel slightly outmatched, but that quickly sort of sorts itself out. Yes, exactly. Chewy, what season did you start? Me, season two. So oh, I nice. found out. I, I think I found out right around the same time you did. To be honest with you, um, mm. it was like you know, pandemic just happened. It was March, and it, the other thing with me too is in Wisconsin. The game at that point has been out since November. So when it got to March and the pandemic, you know, where everything really kicked off, um, I really wasn't playing the game. I was playing the game every so often. Um, for some reason, I had a hard time getting people to play locally, even till. Even today, it's hit or miss. Um, oh, that's a shame. So yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know why, but it is what it is. Um, but then yeah, the, you know, the pandemic happened, and I'm like, dang man, I barely got people to play, and I'm like, how the hell am I gonna play this game now? Like, you know what I mean? Like now I'm just gonna sit at home with these figs, <laughs> partially yeah. painted, right? And I'm like, yeah, no yeah, one yeah. really wants to play, you know. So that's when Facebook happened, and I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but I was, I think I made my Facebook group at that point for the Milwaukee scene here. And then all of a sudden, I saw a post on Facebook that was something about a league. And I'm like, what? So I'm like looking at this long post. I think it was Dylan. I think it was Dizzard. I don't know who it was, but somebody made a long post. And they're like, yeah, this is a TTS league. I'm like, what? And it already kicked off at that point. And I was like, okay, let me, let me look at this for a second. Right. And then I downloaded TTS. I joined the Discord. Got a practice game in. And my God, was the beginning of TTS was rough. <laughs> and nobody remembers it was rough but it was a really fun time um and you know i they played the game taught me everything i needed to know how to do it and all the pain and all that stuff captain canada was one of my first games i don't know if i haven't heard that name in a while but yeah I that guy name in a while. Yeah, long time but he was my first game and he got me into it and i was like okay cool and then that's where i got to meet the community and yeah then i said you know what i'm gonna play season two and then I made cut from there and then, you know, but no, oh, wow. Impressive. Yeah. It was, it, you know, we had what, 40 players, something like that. I don't remember how many players we had season two, but I know yeah. I made, I lost to sooner. I beat desert and then I lost to sooner the next round or after that. Um, so yeah, no, that's, that's how I got in. Honestly, like you, like I, middle of season one, I was like, Oh, this is cool. So cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Jacob, I think you had, um, to get a new computer and then you were able to play. <laughs> yeah, so I was um I was kind of tracking it from the beginning. This is back when I was blogging a lot. Uh okay. and so obviously in a pandemic when there's no one around playing games, uh it was a great source of finding people and I did some like uh interviews with uh the top so season one I think I did interviews with Suna and Sploosh to kind of find out what they were playing, Wakanda and Cabal they were playing there. Season two, I did the top four. Uh, apart from Morgan's got a little bit lost. And I say lost. What happened was we recorded it. Uh, and then I just lost the will to transcribe a fourth interview. I remember it was really like a hot summer. Uh, and I was sitting out in the garden. And I was just like, no, I, I cannot do any more transcription work. Just, <laughs> this is just, no, I'm not doing it. So I apologize to Morgan. And he's been, he was, he was very gracious about it. Uh, but there, there is a lost Morgan Reed interview, which is maybe because he's always, always produces great content. Yeah. Um, uh, season three, uh, that was when I think that was the first time we did it on the podcast. We started up the podcast, and then for season four, I'd managed to get some hardware that meant that I was able to actually play, and I took part in season four and made cuts, which was lovely. Oh, amazing. Okay, so it wasn't too much further along. So just to give people an idea, back then, season one was 32 players, um, mostly from the States, I think, but a few from Europe, and um, 
Oh, Morgan was in season one. And Morgan, wasn't he? yeah. And, yeah, Morgan, and Travis. Right. Yeah, so there were, were some oh, Aussies okay, down there. Yeah, okay, I take it back. Anyway, 32 is the point. And season uh, eight had 370 players. And season nine, because it came uh, kind of squashed into the holiday season, it was a little bit lower, but it was still at 270 or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a uh, huge, huge number of players to give people an idea. And I expect with the new crises now and oh the goodness. refresh game and also everybody off of break from Christmas, I wouldn't be surprised if we're back up to the 350, maybe 400 level. Yeah. No, Norbert, here's a hot take. 500. 500. All right, Kitty. Let's shoot for it. Love 100 it. players. Uh, do you want to dig into the bracket system, Norbert, just to explain why you do that and how that works? Yes. So um, as Jacob was alluding to, the season is kind of broken up into two halves. The first half is six weeks of Swiss play where everybody is welcome to play. And um, if you happen to uh, go X and one or better, so uh, have only one loss or no losses, you're then invited to a five-week elimination round, which is what I was alluding to as being the more competitive side of it. And during the, during the um, uh, elimination rounds, it, we run fun leagues in between uh, for everybody else. So it'll have different types of formats. It'll sometimes be a normal format, sometimes it'll be like a kind of like a fun rule type of format, whatever. But it gives people something to do casually while uh, the the uh, elimination bracket is going on, okay? So getting back to your question, the the initial league is broken up into um, oh, five brackets now. And so there's one, uh, and, and the reason that we do that is, is that we want people to play from a bigger meta than just their local one, but we also want to make it reasonable for people to be able to get the game in in terms of the time of day. And so the bracket is meant to say, we expect you to be able to play around 7 p.m. or a little bit later uh, or a little bit earlier, around 7 p.m. in that bracket's time zone. And so that is helpful to people because it, first of all, allows people to play when most people can play. But if you're a shift worker or, or yeah, I guess a shift worker is the best example, uh, where 7 p.m. your local time is not good, but 7 p.m. in Europe is actually perfect for you because that's when you're off work, you can join the European bracket. And that's absolutely fine. It's not a geographical thing. It's so much as when do you have time to play? Yeah. Uh, and people, uh, there's been a number of people who've explored like trying to do different brackets, um, partly to play new people and partly you know, just the times work out for them or they've, they've had a change in their working hours. And uh, so they can, uh, it's, it's about sort of, you're making a commitment, aren't you? And it's not like a, a set in stone commitment, but you're saying, I'm going to try and get six games in one a week at some time. I mean, uh, I think the vast majority of them are probably played on weeknights. Yes, I, I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so on, normally on a weeknight, although sometimes it's the weekend, uh, against somebody else who's prepared to play it around about that time. Yep. And so we have brackets set in the um, Pacific time, you know, United States Pacific time, United States Central time, United States Eastern time. Then we have a uh, GMT time zone, so uh, UK time. And then the last one that we have is uh, Eastern Australian time which is known as uh, Oceania. So we're hoping to catch people not only for Australia, but also people like Malaysia and Singapore, places are, are in that same sort of time zone. Mm. Uh, and equally, the, the GMT one is not UK exclusive. If you're in uh, mainland Europe, um, then you know join that. That's the right bracket for you to join. You know, even if you're like GMT plus two, we'll be able, you'll be able to work something out with like your opponent. Yes, that's right. You, you try to work it out around the time. I mean, the point is, is that you need to kind of be around an hour or two on either side of that time. Uh, and then whenever you get paired up, you talk to that person and, you know, you work out the specifics of when you can happen. it. And that's why sometimes it does happen in um, on the weekends. But I, like you said, Jacob, I think most of the time it's in the weekday evenings. So let's dive into that now. So I've signed up to the Europe bracket because that's the time I'm free. Um, how will I find out who I'm playing and then what should I do next? Yep. So the most important thing to do is I've, I've spammed uh, all the discords and as much of Facebook as I could possibly do that to give everybody kind of the, um, the key information about what they need to do. And, uh, and so you, the, in these posts that you'll find, you'll also find a link to the full rules uh, set. So uh, that way you'll be able to read all the details about what we're talking about here today. So I encourage you to do that. But going back to uh, how to get started, it's very simple. First of all, you need to join uh, the MCP TTS Discord. Uh, and so my little quick guide has um, uh, a link to do that, a permalink to, to yep. be joining it. 
There'll also be a link in the show notes if you want to join that Discord. Brilliant. Okay. Then once you've joined it, you need to go to a channel called Roles, and you click on the emote uh, for the branch that you wish to join. And what that does is then it unlocks for you the league chat and league announcements and league documents channels, and then also allows you to post in the particular bracket channel uh, that you've chosen. And that's basically it, because after that, um, oh, sorry, the third the third step. Okay, so you've done those two things. The third step is, is again, in, the, in my little quick note there, um, you'll find... Um, uh, the Longshanks bracket that you then have to sign up for. So if you are joining the UK bracket, you'd hit the UK emote to get into that channel. Uh, I, think, I, I think it's called Europe, isn't it? Europe, yeah, yeah I beg your yeah. pardon. Europe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, um, then, then you'll join the Longshanks European bracket uh, as well. And then you're pretty much set because theoretically you should be getting notifications from Longshanks when there's the pairings have gone up. But also every time we do it, we also... Um, uh, mentioned it in the in the bracket channel. And so then you'll be able to look up who you're uh, uh, paired with. And the nice thing, the really nice thing about TTS uh, and, uh, sorry, uh, Longshanks now, is it has a box where you can type in what your Discord handle is. And we it's highly recommended that you do that. Because then when you look up to who your opponent is on Longshanks, you can also see right away what their Discord handle is. And that way you'll be able to quickly PM them or just uh, ping them in the in the bracket channel and start negotiating when you can schedule your game wonderful okay so i found out that me and you are paired norbert that's round one me versus you uh what do i what should i do next oh okay so um yeah so one of us or both of us will reach out to each other we'll agree on a time um and that's basically it you then want to at that time you need to make sure that you um get into the uh you load up tts so one of the two of you has to start up the game um and uh, invite the other person in. You play the game. Uh, after the game is over, you, you then go into Longshanks. Uh, one person has to go into Longshanks and type in the results. We are only uh, enforcing people to type in uh, what the, the victory point scores were and who the winner was if it isn't automatically done um, based on the score. But if you wish, you can also type in uh, the other kinds of drop-down boxes that Longshanks asks for. So like what affiliation you played, who was your leader, what crises were played, what threat level was played, all that sort of stuff. If you like to, you can put in. Well, I, I'm going to put a, a word in here. If you've ever enjoyed any of the content that people put out there from Dangerum or from, from, my, from my blog or from any of the other content creators, which breaks down what's going on in the online meta, then please put that information in because that's the information we need to have that, uh, that, that discussion. You may have noticed there haven't really been much in the way of content around the stats of season nine because that data wasn't collected. Um, yes, and, and that brings us to the next point, really, which is one of the things that became more popular. Again, uh, like we, we, we kind of tweak the um, uh, rules a bit to make sure that we're staying in line with the, what the community wants. And what we tried out in season nine was having all of the uh, league weeks have open rosters. Whereas in the past, you had to submit a roster that you could change uh, after the third game. This one, we allowed you to change it from week to week as you liked, and you didn't have to tell your opponent ahead of time, pretty much like you would be at a normal tournament. Uh, people really like that because it gives them a lot of flexibility, and it also has them to try things out along the way. But there is that downside where we don't have all that hard data that you used to be able to collect, um, Jacob, and have really wonderful articles to kind of discuss what's mm. important in the meta these days. Uh, we're still now that we've got some big tournaments coming up. I think we're still going to get some of that. Um, I know that Omnis is collecting it all for LVO, and he's going to be making that available for any content creators. But I know I've blocked out some time over the LVO weekend, although I'm not going to crunch all those numbers and and produce some of those numbers uh, right. so that we that's there for the community. Right. So and we're going to start seeing more data like that from big tournaments. Yeah, honestly, I think that data would be better collected like going forward from the live events anyway. I think online going no lock list or anything like that. Like, I think that's I think that's the way to go. And I, and I applauded that change, by the way, when it happened season nine, one long shanks and two, the whole you don't you know, play whatever list you want for the first like six weeks or whatever. Um, that's going to pull in, you know, the casual player. I mean, the competitive person, if you're competitive, I mean, it makes it a little more challenging that way because you don't because you're going into the unknown, right? You're going week to week into the unknown, not knowing what your opponent's going to play. And it's just like, okay, what do I got to do to prepare? And how do I make sure my list is fine? And, you know, I don't have, I have no information, right? It's all on me as a player to, you know, 
just play the best game I can, right? No matter what list is thrown at me. You know what I'm saying? Um, so no, that's I, I can't wait. I mean, I season ten. I mean, I'm I've already. By the way, I followed your rules on the sheet just to Thank you. like that. Thank just you. did it just now, literally as you guys were talking. I'm right. signed up in Central. It was really easy to do. <laughs> so and and I'm excited. So, but I gotta congratulate you guys. What you guys did for season nine, especially where the game was at at that point. It's things are looking up. So yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, two things about when you're playing the game. One is if you have a rules question or if you need some sort of uh, measurement done that's kind of contentious and you want a third neutral party to come in, we have uh, a group of people who are qualified to do that for you called accusers. So you just have to ping at accusers in the in the Discord and hopefully one or more of them will be online. They'll be able to jump into your game and help you out. These people have gone through a test that tests them not only on their rules knowledge, but also how they handle themselves with pay, uh, players, particularly in contentious situations, uh, and and are hence a very professional a volunteer organization that helps us out, uh, of which Jacob is one. Yep, have been for a while now. Yeah, um, and we're looking for new ones, actually. Uh, we've had a few to retire. So in that same uh, kind of announcement I've been making in all the different places, there's also a, a little paragraph explaining that you can uh, apply to become an accuser uh, via a test that we have. And it gives you a link to the test. Uh, and the second thing is, is if you would like, uh, it's really the community highly values. I know it's not for everybody, but the community definitely values people who stream their games. And Discord is really easy. Uh, now it's changed so much in the, when you. Oh, I should have said, wh- when you play your game, usually you know you you need to communicate uh, via voice with your opponents. And then we have in the TTS Discord server, we have a whole host of automatic uh, voice uh, rooms that can be made. So you at the towards the bottom of all the different channels in the Discord, there's one where you can. I can look at it right now. What does it say? Actually, it says. Uh, oh, it just says hub join to create. You click that. And it creates a voice channel for you, and then you can your opponent can pop into that. And uh, not only that does that let you communicate with each other, but you can also choose via that voice cha- uh, channel to stream the game, and people then can um, um, jump into that channel and watch it. And they and people love that. And that's on top of the few professional streamers like myself and uh, Chewy, who might stream games by invitation with the players. Yeah. So yeah, just to be clear, this is you're you're not putting on a show. You're just sharing your game as it's going on with um, with other people who might want to come and see what's 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 being played and just see a game going on. Uh, very often, I'll jump into any games I see being streamed on Discord and just see what's going on. Uh, I am an accuser, so if there is a rules thing, I can help out. But that's not the main reason I jump in. It's not because I want to make sure the rules are being followed. Um, it's I want to see what's going on. What's <laughs> yeah. Going on in the game. So with that, Norbert. Uh, Norbert. So I have a question for you. So I know, and we, you know, that was like the hot thing to do back in the day. You know what I mean? Going to a Discord channel, there'd be like twenty people in there. You know, I'm exaggerating, but you know, there'd be a lot of well, people in there watching a game. Some games, and there would be. Yeah. Yeah. It depends who's um, playing, what's going on, but I think I. Had Forty viewers in one of my games once. Yeah, it's insane how many people can just go there. I mean, with granted, you just mentioned accuser can go jump in and say anything. If if someone weren't weren't an accuser, and I don't know if this has happened before, they've gone and say, "Hey, look, you can't do this." Is I mean, yeah, is there something being done about that? Where you know those people can be muted or. Yep. So, so first of all, the rules have a whole big section in about streaming and what yep. to do if you are watching a game, uh, right. which is to say you shouldn't interfere whatsoever. Um, uh, and if you do see something that you think needs to be flagged, you should, your, your, uh, action should be to message the accusers and ask them to jump in and figure it out. Okay. Uh, that's number one, but you know, people might jump in and say stuff anyway, whatever you, you, mm-hmm. you, your first thing is to politely ask them not to comment the game. You know, you're trying to concentrate and whatever. And most people understand. Um, but lastly, yes, you can right click on anybody and either, um, mute yeah. them or or kick them out altogether <laughs> definitely no yeah because that i mean that's one of the big things right like we don't you know we don't need people coming in randomly saying hey look this granted i mean we want the game to be played as clean as possible but you know hey if you're not a judge if you're just a dude you know what i mean and you know and if you're wrong right, right. you just completely changed you know and, and now the players are just uneasy and all that so yeah that's yeah that's good. Yeah. Know. I mean, and then there's the obvious things about bias if one's friends with right. one of them and not the other. But, uh, you know, so it just doesn't make sense. And there's no just really no reason. Uh, like I said, Correct. you should yeah. you should uh, communicate with an accuser if you really think it's egregious. Right. Um, if I'm not keen on my game being streamed, if that's not something that I want to happen, what should I do about that? Norbert? Um, you, you just have to say so. 
you just say, you look, mm-hmm. I, I'm just not comfortable in streaming it. And your opponent needs to accept that. And anybody who wants to stream the game needs to accept that. So, and if they don't, then you can message uh, at Infinity Watch. Infinity Watch is the name for all the TOs. Um, there's a whole bunch of them, one for each bracket. You'll get to know very, very uh, intimately over time. Uh, plus myself as, a, as the head TO. And um, they will come out and help sort mm-hmm. things out. But the only time streaming should happen if you guys are doing it yourselves is if both players are happy to do it. And if there's a third-party streamer who wants to do it, again, they should seek permission for the from the two players. Right. And honestly, for me, if, if you don't want any of that headache, and, and this is just my personal opinion, um, you know, that's why I volunteered myself as a streamer as well. I would just go to a streamer and be like, look, do you want to stream my game on Twitch or whatever? That way, okay, there's no one coming in the Discord. You guys can go to your own, you know, private voice channel, whatever. No one's there talking about anything. Um, then the viewers can just watch through my stream. They can watch your game, and that way they can't really interfere. Um, I've, I've, it, that's been better for me, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. And there's an at streamer tag in the TTS yep. Discord as well. So if you wanted to find a streamer for, for that very reason, then I, that's the way you, I would suggest you go about it. Definitely. Yep. Um, yeah, I always looking for games to stream during the during the season. Uh, me and Huggy Bear from Sweden, we like to stream on Wednesdays typically in the evening. So mm-hmm. um, I'll be hitting people up. Or if you want to hit me up and try to get your game streamed, I would love to have that happen. I'm here because we yep. it, it's just fun it's fun and it's it just the community really values it you know i it, there's loads of people who, who can't play as much or just interested and so you, you'd be surprised how many how much hunger there is to actually watch these games yeah and it was driving me crazy uh you know after season three i think or two i don't remember what it was and i was like why isn't why aren't these games being streamed on twitch you know what i mean and i was like the, people would want to watch this right because i'm sitting here watching the games i remember watching season two finals i think it was on facebook watch if, that, if I remember correctly, <laughs> right? I think that's what it was. Yeah, it was uh, it was Vaughn, I believe, streaming. I think Sooner was doing commentary because it was uh, Sploosh versus God. Pat, right? So I don't remember season two, season two finals. Season Possibly, yeah. I don't remember. It, it was that crazy Thor activation that that ended yeah. Sploosh, basically. <laughs> I just don't yeah, remember who was playing. Yeah. yeah season so, three was Morgan and Esmond, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so if you go, if you go back to that game and what, look at the chat right before that happened, I literally said. Thor can do a whole bunch of damage and end this game with a th- with a god of thunder, <laughs> and it happened. <laughs> but um, no, like you know, so I saw that and I'm like, Facebook Watch, that's you know, that's not nah, ain't gonna do it, man. So I'm glad that it, the streaming's being done. It's being done on on, on uh, Twitch or whatever outlet they can find. It's being put on YouTube because these games are hype. Like mm. I'm not gonna lie to you, high level MCP is probably some of the best con like best miniature gaming stuff I've seen in a long time. Like I can't watch 40k like that. I can't watch uh legion um x-wing it's it's because the game is fast it bounces back and forth so much right um if you watch the finals for instance and and, um that for season nine you'll have a master class in mcp Mm -hmm. and see just how hard the game can swing back and forth if you're actually playing at a high level um and chewy chewy did a a a toad reaction video (laughs) from it which is so great Dude, I love capturing those moments. My my favorite moment, though, still to this day, is uh, Big Blake beating Pat. Yeah, he was down fourteen to two, and just your reaction, dude. I clip. I had to clip your face, dude. And I had to mess. And here's the thing, guys. I messaged Norbert. I said, "Look, I'm reacting to your stream." I said, "It's nothing bad." I said, "I just have to react to this because it's hilarious to me." And I'm gonna use you as a bookmark, <laughs> but I told them it's not gonna be anything, you know, egregious. Just, it's just you. I just found the perfect image. <laughs> yeah, and dude, I, dude, I love doing it. it. That's been the best part. That's been the best part of my content, honestly, is doing stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. The, the Toad thing really had me, because you know, guys, I'm a Toad fanboy. You, you know, when he does something hype and the crowd goes wild, I gotta get it. <laughs> yeah. So I recommend it's only a, like a 10 minute video that Chewy put yeah. together, but it's it's perfect. Perfect. Uh, if you want to catch that, go check out Chewy. What is it? Chewy 89, right? 89. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, Norbert. We've got a couple of other, other things to move on to, but is there anything else you wanted to add about the online league? Oh, but when's it starting? When do I have yeah. to do this by? That's one important thing. So registration open today. Today happens to be the 8th of January. So uh, awesome that you guys are right on top of it and having me on. I really appreciate that. Um, for the sake of the league and registration will go for two weeks. Uh, and so we start, so pairings, the brackets will get locked on Sunday, the 22nd and pairings will be done either that evening or very early on Monday morning. But your, your first games should be happening on the 23rd of January going forward. So, and it's one game a week. 
uh, that's all the commitment is for six weeks. And then after one week break, we'll do um, the elimination rounds. Uh, or if you're not in those, we'll also announce how to get into the what we call beta splendens. Beta splendens are the um, um, off off um, what do you call it? The, the kind of the alternative leagues that we run while the elimination bracket is happening. kind of kind of like the off season, right? It's yeah, yeah. So awesome. Um, finally, if I've got any if I've got any questions or any um, any things I'm not sure about, is there a person I should get in contact with? Yeah, you can definitely get a hold of me. I'm dr underscore Norbert uh, on the discords. I'm also on Facebook, Norbert Brunhuber everywhere. Um, I'm on Twitter. Uh, you know, find me everywhere. If not, uh, hit up these hosts and they will get uh, in touch with me for for you. Sure, you're in our you're in our Discord, aren't you? So you could always tag Norbert in our Discord. That's one yeah. another option. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Right, we've talked a lot about the online uh, game. Let's talk a little bit about some of the exciting things that are going on in real life, then, shall we? Mm, perfect. Um, so, Norbert, I believe you've just bought a ticket to a, a big American con. Yes, yes. It was a little nerve wracking because the server is getting hammered because of how popular this event is. Uh, I was pleased pleased to find out that it wasn't just me in Europe that was happening because it was happening to uh, somebody else on the show. <laughs> yeah. <in> the States. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, both Chewie and I have bought tickets to the various MCP events at Adepticon for March 23. Or sorry, March. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're in 2023. Yeah, 2023. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so uh, where yeah. is Adepticon? Adepticon is in just outside the airport of from Chicago O'Hare, um, yeah. so a little bit north of Chicago itself. Um, but you fly into Chicago O'Hare essentially. And you went last year, didn't you? I did. It was always something that was kind of on my periphery. So, so my history is I played fourteen years of um, War Machine and Hordes before I got into MCP when it launched. And at first, the big event there. Uh, which I had never been to for a War Machine was Gen Con. So okay. I went to Gen Con. Oh, no, I take that back. When I was in graduate school, I went to Gen Con when it was still in Milwaukee. Oh, that's right. That's how my buddy knows you, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brian <laughs> uh, Wazak. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Brian, mm -hmm. uh, you know that's him. Right. Awesome. Yep, it's crazy. Yep. Uh, so uh, anyway, so I did do that in graduate school when I was still playing um, uh, just D&D &D for the most part. And uh, then, but then many years later, when I got into miniatures, I played War Machine Hordes and I went to Gen Con there because that was where they had their nationals, basically. So I did that big con, but I was still in the States then. Um, and then um, I did a number of US cons that got bigger over time because the con scene kind of blew up quite a bit. And I never kind of had Adepticon on my radar, mostly because at least in the earlier days, it was mostly a um, GW kind of event. So I wasn't playing GW games. I don't play GW games now. Um, but then they had MCP happening there and I was so, you know, it became such a large con and became very diverse. And the wonderful thing about it is it's a, a big American style con, a longer than normal. It's four days instead of three days and is strictly miniature tabletop games. That's it. And so it's kind of like the Mecca for us, whereas Gen Con's great for board games and role-playing games, also miniature games, but it's, it, it's, it's big. And I think it was, it's more uh, you know, aimed at, let's say, board games and, and um, uh, uh, role-playing games, although it does miniatures. The, the nice thing about Adepticon is it's quite large um, and strictly miniature games. So you see all kinds of different games being played there that you know, some many that you don't know, loads of stuff in the dealer's hall about stuff coming out, plus then all the accessories for our hobby. So terrain pieces and different types of hobby tools and classes. They do tons of classes uh, for painting and doing terrain and stuff like that. Uh, so I always wanted to go. And so I decided to go Actually, um, it was it was my 50th birthday, Jacob, and I was supposed to go in uh, March 2020. And then then this damn pandemic happened. Oh, so yeah, it's a bad time in there. <laughs> yeah, I have a story about that, too. I, I won a free uh, registration to Adepticon that year, 2020. Oh, and yeah, dude. And then next thing you know, I was so excited. I was pumped. I was ready to go. Then yeah. pandemic hit and I lost it. And I was like, OK. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it, yeah. and it and you know the pandemic was kicking off in March. And this happens mm -hmm. at the end of March, and it was only yeah. like two weeks ahead of time that it got canceled. So that's kinda... yeah. But what are you going to do? I mean, what so, do you do? Yeah. yeah. So two years had to go by, 
uh, and then I celebrated my 50th birthday then. So that was in 2022 <laughs> in March, which I went. And it was so great. And yeah. the organizers were so wonderful, particularly Hank um, um, I, Isley. I, I, I'll look up his name and then while we're talking. But um, he welcomed uh, me from being over from Europe along with uh, Gil. Gil Serepi was there as well. Gil, yes. He was, he's a very nice dude. Yep. Yeah. And uh, sorry, it's, it's Hank Edley. Sorry about that. Hank Edley. Uh, he welcomed us. And also, like I said, the dealer hall was just full of just miniature type stuff. I saw the huge painting area. I saw uh, the um, Golden Demon came back to the United States for the first time in 10 years, I think it was. Uh, so they had all the models set up there that you could take a look at. Um, it, it was just fantastic. It was such a concentrated um, mecca for tabletop miniatures that I was really impressed by it and had a great time playing as well. Um uh, that I decided I wanted to go uh, again this year. And um, Gil is coming from Denmark again, but I managed to rope in um, Pat Dunford to come. No. Oh, man. Y- yes. Pat Dunford. That's going. Here. Oh, yes. I get my chance. I'm sorry, Pat. I'm coming for you, buddy. Oh, I get to beat you live. This is going to be great. Nice. Well, Pat is no stranger to going over to America and winning big tournaments. He That's did fine. That quite a lot in his War Machine days. He can beat me all he wants. That's fine. I, I get it. The, part, the fact that I get a chance, that's that's all I want. Yeah. Yeah. So we're super excited. So the reason that me and Chewie are both a little bit relieved about all this is because um, the server, it's such a popular event. Uh, the servers just can't handle the traffic and they just were crashing nonstop. At first, I thought it was me and my buddies were having trouble because we're in Europe. And so we had a longer distance for the signal to travel or whatever. Uh, but Chewie, you were having similar problems. Yeah, it was, it was insane. It took me 45 minutes to get tickets um i kept refreshing 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 i got to the point where i finally got to the payment and it crashed and i was like oh, what's the worst i was like are you kidding me so i had to go check my email my bank statements i'm like does this go through like no okay let me try it again and then it finally worked so i i got it i mean but they, they should work on it i don't know what they can do um, last year it worked smooth yeah so it worked fine I, I, I was, I, I, yeah, something happened this year they were they were also um i think they're trying something new and, and i just honestly i don't think they're prepared for the traffic to be honest with you i think that's what it yeah. is yeah they just put us something about it I'm, I'm just reading now about it but uh okay yeah so um apparently they they've exceeded their registration numbers from 2022 in less than an hour that's how popular oh, wow. this this event is yeah so, chewy how long have you been going me, this is honestly, this is my first. Last year was my first year going to Adepticon. Oh, I've always you, known. You're like, yeah. You and me are like, the yeah, same dude. Like, we're, yeah. we're the same wavelength, dude. Like, honestly, so you gotta understand, like, my, me and miniature gaming, I didn't start playing miniature games till 2016. I started with X Wing, and um, I don't know what brought me into X Wing. I don't know. I saw some ships one day, and I was like, what is that? And it's like, it's Star Wars. I was like, okay, that looks cool. You know, Chewie, let, let me interrupt you. I've been meaning yeah, to ahead, tell you this, actually. Yeah. I've been meaning actually to tell you this. Uh, you, no, you're not a. A, you know, very young, but you're certainly younger uh, yeah. than me. But but younger <laughs> side. But my point is, you you know, it, mm-hmm. it's it's really heartening because I grew up in an era where miniature. I was at first in historical miniatures, yeah. uh, which is a really niche hobby, and it's full of very old guys essentially. Mm-hmm. Which is it's nothing wrong with the old guys, but my point is, <laughs> it was hard to constantly try to get more people into the hobby, yeah. and I was worried, even though these are more popular games because they're fantasy, that you know, modern life is just not. Uh, you know, people are not suited to taking the time to put miniatures together and to paint right. them and to play games with people in real life that, you know, you have to struggle to carry all your crap to go play them and stuff. And here you are, a younger person who 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 didn't get introduced to the game except found it on their own and was interested enough to actually still go through all that labor, essentially. And then, oh, yeah. Keep, you know, and, and play the game. That's really exciting to me to, to see people still interested enough to do that. Yeah, and for me, it's um, well, I'll just be honest. Like, you know, being you know, hey, I'm Hispanic and stuff like that. Like, when I was doing hobbies like this, it was mostly card games. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, all my buddies, all my friends, they all but like card normal games. cards or magic. Oh no, no, just magic. Like, you know, magic, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, right? Pokemon, because they were just easily accessible. It's in your face, right? It's twelve dollars. You buy a pack, you just play a game, right? When it comes to miniature games, you gotta like try to convince someone, like, hey, man, pay this, build it, paint it. Right. And then once you're done, then you can play a game. And then sometimes a game takes like two hours. And I'm not going to lie to you. When I when I saw X-Wing, what brought me into X-Wing was that it was built, painted, and ready to go. And sure. I was like, okay. I didn't want to do, I didn't want to go to painting and build. Like, what? Like, <laughs> I don't, 
I'm not creative. First off, I'm like, I'm not a creative person. Okay. I can't, <laughs> when it comes to me and painting, I'm like, no, um, it doesn't work. Um, but yeah, like uh, that, it, once I got done with the X-Wing, I look, it, it literally like it, it was a hurdle, right? So like I did X-Wing. I'm like, okay. This game's whatever. I saw Guild Ball and I was like, what is that? And they're like, <laughs> that's a sports game. That's whatever. And I'm like, okay. And you got to build and paint. I was like, you know what? Let me challenge myself. And it was just always like that next step. Like, okay, how can I challenge myself? And it's the competitive side of me. Okay. These, these are games being played. It's one-on-one, right? I'm going to tournaments. I'm playing. And, you know, I fell in love with painting right after that. And I'm like, okay. And I didn't mind it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I relatively, when I got into it, I mean, everybody was older than me, honestly. Yeah, sure. Um, I've only met maybe a few people that are younger than me. Um, I don't know what it is. I think it's just, I think, the, I think what it is is mostly it's, we're in a microwave society, I think it's just, and people don't want to, you know, put something together, build it, you know? That's, yeah. Yeah. That's but something you really the hobby have to, is, is still happening though. You know, it is. That's, that's, what's crazy. And, and I agree with you. And I, you would think that the hobby, you know, with the new, with the next generation would probably die off because of that. Right. You maybe, maybe, maybe not that maybe the market would change. Maybe these companies will start maybe building and painting instead. Right. And maybe they'll charge a little bit more for the figs, but maybe they'll go that route. But no, I mean, people, I, I really truly think people, once you get them to actually do the hobby and once they see how enjoyable it is. Right. Because there's nothing there's there's nothing better than that, man. Like when you're building yeah. and, and doing something like that, and it just triggers that something in your brain that's like, oh my god, this is awesome, and it just turns that microwave thing off a bit. It's like, ah, oh, you know what? <laughs> and you, the other thing is, you've got like a record of you getting better at it as well. Yeah, you can see this is the first model I ever painted. This is the most recent one, and you can mm, compare the difference. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jacob, you're you're a, a teacher. Do you um do you have hope for the, with the younger generation? <laughs> Absolutely. I actually run a Warhammer club. I mean, I would try and run an MCP club, but I don't think it would be as popular. Um, so I, I do run a Warhammer <laughs> club for like uh, teenagers and it's pretty well attended. And uh, yeah, they, they love it. They love the, the game. They love the building. Some of them just come along and will just sit and build a box of like orcs. And that's that's what they do. They come and they, they snip them out and they look at all the cool little bits and glue them together. Uh, some of them come just to paint, and then there's those who come to play games. So it is really sort of all the sides of the hobby. Um, so I think absolutely, I, I don't write off the younger generation. Don't fall into that trap. Um, they are just like you, but they've got a slightly different experience when they're growing up. Yeah. I mean, if anything, they can get exposure to these games much better than we did growing up because uh, of the oh, internet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And not only that, I think it's also way more socially acceptable um, oh, God, to be yeah. a oh, kid playing these games than when, when I grew up. Is it ever? Like, I remember growing up and I used to get made fun of playing Pokemon. And now the guy that was making fun of me playing Pokemon is playing Pokemon right now. <laughs> Which is absolutely hilarious. It doesn't look a complete 360. It's like, what in the world? Like, Anyway. Um but so yeah, cool. man. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to be at Adepticon. Uh, highly recommended if you can come uh, at some point. A um, couple other things that are happening is uh, in, um, in, I'm going to let Chewy go next, but we have in York, um, England, uh, in February 10th through 12th, we have a American style convention happening, a very small one for MCP. Okay. Um, it grew out of a War Machine event that um, now they've changed over to MCP, but basically it's a pretty amazing. York is a uh, famous for its racetrack. It's got a large horse 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 racing track, and um, there's pavilions for the um, all the groomsmen and other people who take care of the horses that are kind of next to the stables. And so during the off season, it's basically a, a, like a hotel there for all these people, and uh, so they're able to rent out the entire place. We fill it up with just people there to play MCP. It's two and a half days, Friday through Sunday, of playing MCP um, in tournaments and then pick up games. And they serve the meals there. Breakfast and lunch is, is held there. And you sleep there and you play there all in the same time. So it's, it's very similar to an American-style con uh, at a smaller level. Uh, and so that's why I really love going to that one. Nice. Yeah. And then, Chewy, you've got something coming up in just two weeks. Ooh, LVO. Uh, that's where I got my start last year. That's where I made my mark. Going back, um, I'm a finalist, which was unexpected. Uh, <laughs> I what, won a tournament. Do, yeah, does that qualify you for this year somehow? Or? Yeah, qual- that qualifies for this year. So what happened was uh, I played an LVO qualifier in October. Um, it wasn't there wasn't that many players, so I don't know. I thought I thought it was going to be a points event. Uh, apparently not. Uh, um, <laughs> um, I ended up uh, winning that tournament and I ended up qualifying for the finals for LVO. So 
I'm playing on Saturday. Nice. Um, yeah, which is really awesome. I'm in the top 64 already, so I don't have to sweat it out on Friday anymore like I did last year. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about that con. Is it just tournaments or is there something more to it? I mean, just I is in quotes. I mean, that's a big deal, but go on. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't know much. Uh, the Las Vegas Open, I, last year was my, was my first time going there. And from what I understand, it's just basically like a big con with all kinds of miniature games and tournaments just going on all throughout the weekend. Like Legion, 40K, uh, Age of Sigmar. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there dealer hall or painting yeah. kind of classes? There's there's painting classes from what I saw. I think, I mean, obviously there's vendors, right? Selling products, you know, for selling games and all that stuff. I think Muse on Minis was there when I was around. Okay. I don't know. But yeah, there's like all kinds of things you could do there. It's not just, you know, playing MCP. Um, okay. It's, it, it's on the real, it's at the real uh, casino. Um, it, I mean, they used up a lot of the space. I mean, there's a lot of people there last year. It was mm-hmm. huge. I and mean, then there was a huge crowd for, uh, for Legion. Um, and, oh, right. uh, okay. and next week, oh my goodness, it was insane. I went to their, I went to the room. It was just all Legion players. It was literally an entire room, just Star Wars. <laughs> and it took up an entire, like we had a little area, like we were stuck on a little corner, like, you know, like, Hey, go over there. MCP players. You got 30 people <laughs> yeah. like go stand over here. Like Legion, like they just had a whole hall. And it yeah. was it was actually yeah, yeah. very very cool to see people were streaming games and I wish our games were streamed last year but you know that's life. Um, well, but look, it was thirty players last year I think or something like that, thirty two more. Well, it was well total it was supposed to be like over hundred and I I say thirty because I think that's who played on Friday. I think Saturday oh. was more like maybe fifty sixty because it was two qualifiers. So it was Friday Saturday, and if you didn't qualify Friday because top seven qualified on Friday, and then there was eight that qualified on Saturday. So Friday, I think people were just coming in like Sploosh wasn't there. He got there like Friday night. Right. Because I think there was a snowstorm that happened or whatever. And he ended up showing up late. So there was maybe 30 players there. And then there was maybe 40, 50 or 60 that next day. Right. So total, okay. there was like probably like 100 people that were playing. Okay. Um, so, yeah. But th- no. this year they had 200 tickets that they sold. Yes. 200 tickets that they sold. Um, If you qualify for LVO, you don't have to play on Friday. So if you. You know, you, you have to play on Friday and try to qualify. I think at this point, we're going to need, I don't know, maybe seven or eight spots open left for the finals on Saturday. So yeah. Friday is going to be like the must see. So like <laughs> top seven or eight, get in. And then Saturday is the finals, right? Saturday, and Sunday. Gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. um, and so that'll be the largest single MCP tournament to date, I think. Yeah, I think so. Because well, apart from the online leagues, of course. What, what was that, Jacob? Apart from all the online leagues. Yeah, apart from the online ones, right? Online ones yeah. are bigger. This will be the biggest uh, live one. <laughs> live one. Exactly. This will be the biggest live one. I think Nashcon was up there too. But yeah, this will be the biggest one, yeah, I believe. Yeah. So that is um, <clears throat> Las Vegas Open is on my radar. Uh, maybe next year we'll go to that instead. I'll of, do it, um, man. It's, instead it's of that thing. Well, um, probably we'll have Omnis on at some point afterwards to talk about what the Las Vegas uh, Open Invitational System, or whatever LVOIS stands for, uh, is going to look like going forward. I know there's probably going to be some changes compared to what they did this year, but um, I'll be interested to see, uh, does it go to a points-based system rather than a win-and-in or uh, or what? I know they just wanted to get it out there as much as possible this year. It's possible they might be... Um, reflecting after it's been done and, and making some changes on how that works but we'll we'll bring that to you when that news comes out awesome um right so chewy what else do you have planned for this year me uh right now it's adepticon and right now outside of that i don't know um it's gonna be you know if life works out a certain way if you know um it just depends. Things have to work out, right? So I would like to go. If I do go to another event, I want it to not be at a place that I've already been to. So, like, you know, I've already been to Nashville. I mean, Nashcon's fun. It's not that I don't want to go. It's just if I do go, whatever, right? I've already been sure. there. Sure. So it's it. That's gonna be it. It's gonna be like, okay, what's new? Wherever I've never been, and uh, let's see what happens. Um, honestly, like anything local, I'm gonna do. Like, uh, Second Wind is gonna be for sure later this year. Right. Uh-huh. That's I always go to that event and then it will always happen. Um I want to do winter Nova. Nova yeah. Nova's one that I have on my radar. Another one would be uh Winter Warfare. No, not is it Winter Warfare? Warfare Weekend. Warfare Weekend, yeah. There you go. Um yeah. that one is in the Midwest, so I can actually get there. I just yeah. gotta not be lazy and drive six hours. 
Um, but yeah, like that's one I want to do in November. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, whatever, I, like I said, whatever life has that I can do, I, I can do. Um, but I guess, I think the point is, is that, uh, going to Jacob's original question, I think in the United States, mm-hmm. con season is back. There yeah. are cons every, every month, basically, uh, that you can go to MCP is figuring larger and larger in each one of those. Yes, um, it is. Over here in Europe, uh, you can't go a weekend without an MCP tournament in in uh, the UK. That's insane. Uh, there's like the York thing is happening up in Element Games. Um, Tony Moore is going to be running his big two day events, one in the spring, one in the autumn, and also his um, the he, he ran the first live um, five person team tournament up there, which had loads of international people coming. So that's going to happen again. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then in Europe, the Spanish community is blowing up. They run big events in the north and the south of their country. The uh, Swedes are starting to run stuff now. The Italians are running stuff in the northern part of it to Italy. Um, I, those are the ones off the top of my head that are happening. So I'm okay. hoping, I don't know, Jacob, when we're going to hit critical mass, because it's always a little bit harder in Europe to have bigger convention type of things happen that are, that are international. Took a while for War Machine to hit that point. Um, but I'm maybe this year, maybe this year. I'm hopeful. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I've still got a big stash of uh, mats <laughs> sitting in the back of my classroom. I've got 30 odd three by three mats waiting for a big uh, convention that needs them. Oh, fantastic. Definitely. Awesome. Well, uh, Norbert, thanks so much. Do you want to just maybe shout out some of your uh, places people can find some of your content again? Sure thing. So I stream with Huggy Bear uh, for the most part on Twitch. And I'm on twitch.tv slash dr underscore Norbert. And also on um, YouTube, I, I go there and I tend to um, uh, archive the stuff I do on Twitch on that channel. And so that's YouTube slash C slash Dr. Norbert Games. Uh, so that's dr Norbert Games. Uh, and as I said, I'm on the on the Discord, it's a DR Norbert. Oh, and most importantly, if you are in the London area, we have a lovely group, really, really healthy community of players. We play every Thursday evening from 6 to 10 at the Bad Moon Cafe, which is uh, near London Bridge. And um, we do a tournament there once a month towards the end of the month as well. In fact, our next one is coming up the, on the 14th uh, Saturday, um, which has attracted some Northerners to come through the Watford Gap. Jacob, can you believe it? Yeah, and I believe there's uh, some of my local crowd are coming up as well. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make that. I don't think it works out, but um, be some Brighton representation too. Oh, fantastic. Those guys are great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Norbert, and uh, giving us the lowdown on the new season. And best of luck with it. I know it's a lot of work goes into it, and you don't get very much credit. So, uh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks very no, much. Thank you. It, it is a lot of work. I want I want to mention uh, all the uh, Infinity Watch people who are huge, huge, um, you know, donation of their time to make this successful. The accusers, of course, and then lastly, but most importantly, the developers of the mod themselves are yeah. constantly tweaking it and updating it. And so it's a labor of love for them. Yup. And shout outs to those guys, man. They put in a ton of work, and they're, 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 I mean, this is their hobby, basically. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't have to do this; they're doing it because they just love to do it. And that, and that, man, my heart goes to those guys for real. Like they, they did a really good job. Thanks, Chewy, and yeah. thank you to you guys for using your your podcast to help promote the game overall. You've been doing it for a long yeah. time. It's really important to keep that voice out there, and you've been big supporters of the MCP League and also of my streams, uh, which I'm very oh, grateful for. Sure. for. <laughs> No, you do. You put out a great product, I think, Norbert. Thank you. Absolutely, you do. So I'm always keen to see which of you and Huggy Bear is one-upping the other in terms of your dress sense. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that is the best part of the stream. <laughs> I know. It's always kind of a thing that we do. We decide how we're going to you know, be. Sometimes we dress the same. Sometimes we dress completely differently. And sometimes we do complimentary. Like I remember once I was wearing white on red and he was wearing red on white. So... <laughs> 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 it's pretty funny awesome well thanks again for taking the time and we'll see you all next time in the danger room thanks for taking the time to listen to our thoughts on the game as the game changes the information in this episode may become less relevant so bear that in mind if you're listening from the future we also want to thank discount games inc and blackgate games if you don't have a local game store and they can't get what you're looking for check out those guys they'll sort you out 
Finally, a big thank you to Atomic Mass Games for making such an awesome game. We'll see you next time in The Danger Room. Simulation complete.